and please join me in the word of prayer. Father, help us tonight. Guide us this evening. Speak to us. Speak to your people. We recognize your presence with us. And we acknowledge your power. We ask for your help. Anoint my lips. Give me the words to speak to your people. And let your Holy Spirit in all of them be the one to give them the clarity of your message for them. Bless my preparation, Lord God, and at the same time, please override it. Bless our gathering, and we pray that you are pleased with us. And we hope that you and you alone be magnified and glorified tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So you just read Luke 17, chapter 11, verse 19. Um, we're starting a new series, which is Giving Thanks series. And um, because Thanksgiving is around the corner, the year is almost uh, at the end. It's going to be 2020. We're going to be older and hopefully wiser. All right? So I, titled, I entitled our message tonight, Please and Thank You. That's not a typo. That is the, the plural of Pleading, asking, please and thank you. And saying the please word, the please, please help me, please give me that, and the thank you are the first things that we teach our children. Correct? Okay, maybe a few of us. Maybe, okay, a couple here. <laughs> no wonder the world is going down the drain. <laughs> that is, those are the first things that we teach our children, our please they're please and thank you, saying please and thank, saying thank you. And as Christians, these are probably the first things that you end up hearing and probably acknowledging that you need to ask God. And then when you ask God for something you and you get it, you are to thank God. Unfortunately, human nature is ungrateful. Human nature is, uh, as human beings and, and, and Americans, we have this sense of entitlement. We think that our, our parents, for the children, we think that we don't have to say thank you to them because that's their job. A parent's job is to provide for us, to nurture us, to love us. As much as those things are true, we still, as children, we need to be thankful to our parents. And for the parents, uh, can you guys please turn this off for me? It's really bothering my eye. Sorry. It'll be too dark for people to see me. <laughs> Where was I? <laughs> All right. We feel entitled. And we neglect to do the necessary things, specifically tonight, thanking God. We forget to thank God. As you saw in the, 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 the verses that you just read, nine people... Nine people forgot or neglected, didn't even care, to come back to Jesus and thank Him for what He has done. To live a fruitful and prosperous life, somehow expected by many, that is all our expectations, to live a prosperous life, to live a peaceful life, to live a healthy life. Those are all our expectations. And then, and then when we have it, we forget to thank God for it. 
it's just like this this pastor that was going to the mall in the Chris, during Christmas time. You know, parking is such an impossible task during that time, right? So the pastor started praying, Lord, please, Lord, I've served you many years in your church. Please give me all the thing that your, your servant is asking for is a parking lot close to Macy's. Please, Lord, before he said in Jesus' name, before he closed his prayer in Jesus' name, before he said that, he saw a, a spot. And he goes, never mind, I found one. <laughs> Sometimes we think, we think and we act as if we pray to God. And then once that prayer is answered, once that prayer is solved, we forget to thank Him. We are quick to say, well, I did it. Who cares? What's to thank who am I supposed to thank now? I did everything. I worked hard for my children. I made sure my, my marriage worked. I made sure my children, you know, we forget. We forget. We forget to thank Him. Now, as we go along these weeks, we're going to be talking about prayer. We're going to be talking about testimony. We're going to be talk, talking about these things. But tonight, we're going to focus on giving thanks to God. And do you know the difference between God, the living God, and a genie in the bottle. Number one, genie in the bottle is not real, right? But let's say it's real. The concept of it is this. A genie in the bottle serves the person who holds the lamp. In, 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 in return, he calls him master and given three wishes. The difference there is our Lord God, our Lord, is, is the reverse. We are His servants, and He is our Lord. But that is one great thing that a lot of Christians still miss in our lives. We still miss that part. We forget the difference of God the Father and the genie in the lamp. You know, anybody can pray to a God that will give him or her anything that they ask for. Anybody can do that. You don't need to be a believer to pray that way or to act that way or to believe in a God that way. But to believe in a living God, to believe in a personal God, that's, that makes a whole difference. So tonight, our please and thank you, thank you. Verse 13 says here, it says, Raise their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on me. Exodus 34, 6-7 reads, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. And in Ephesians 2, 4-5 reads, But God, who is rich in mercy because of His great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved. The ten lepers, the ten lepers raised their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Do you know what a leper is? It's a person who has that, that skin disorder, right? And during that time, during that time, is they have, to be, they have to be kicked out of the community. They have to go to this leper colony and that's where they need to live. Imagine that. Other than the health issues, okay, the discoloration and, and probably fingers falling off, imagine this. 
this one leper, one of them have children, have two wonderful kids, and the kids love him. And he is the only provider for his family. And then one morning he wakes up, he has leprosy. And now he has to leave his family, his wife, and his ch children. He has to leave them and not have them touch him and not have that closeness and intimacy. That is what happened to these lepers here. Because that's what it was. That's, that's how they had to deal with it because they didn't know, they know that it was contagious. And that's, that's what the Le Levitical law told them to do. With somebody who has this disease, they have to leave the place and be by themselves. And the only people that they can hang out with or be around with are people with lepers, leprosy as well. Same lepers. So let me ask you something real pointed. Who are the people you hang out with? <laughs> Going with that concept that lepers hang out with lepers? Who are you hanging out with? What kind of friends do you hold? What kind of friend are you? Tell me what friends you have, I'll tell you who you are. If it was true for them, is it true for us too? If you look at the circle of friends that you carry, and most of them are not Christ followers, and you wonder why your walk in the Lord is not as strong as you want it to be? Does that make you wonder? No doubt, because of what had happened in Matthew 8, when a leper cried out for mercy, word or rumor started spreading in the leper community, saying, hey, dude, this, this Jesus guy, he can heal leprosy. So when they heard about him passing through, they shouted, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. You know, have you prayed that, that way? Have you prayed in a way that out of desperation because, of your, because your need is so great that you cried out to God louder than usual and you were asking for His mercy? You know, because all of us, I'm looking around the room, because all of us are probably healthy, we probably don't thank God for the mercy that we have right now of being healthy. The fact that we woke up this morning. The fact that for those of us who used to smoke cigarettes and you don't have cancer, that's God's mercy. The fact that the, some people did drugs that killed some of our friends and they were hooked and addicted and some of us are still here, that's God's mercy. Have we thanked Him for that? For those of you who are married, <laughs> there are people, there are people that are still praying that they have someone in, in their lives. They're still praying that God will bless them with a husband or bless them with a wife. That's God's mercy on you for having a spouse. For those of you who are single, that's God's mercy on you. Because talk to your friends who are married. They're not really that happy. <laughs> Everybody experiences God's mercy, whether we know it or we don't. Knowing this, though, we have to recognize that we need to be quick in, asking, in thanking God for it. 
Are you healthy? Praise God. Have you thank Him for that? You're married? Praise God. You have children? They're healthy? You have a job that's providing for you? You might not be that happy with it, but God is providing to you and to your needs with that job? Praise God, and that's God's mercy. Are you a person who likes to start trouble, but yet you still have your church family with you? That's God's mercy. <laughs> that's God's mercy on you. Praise God for that mercy. God is merciful. He hears our prayers. In James 4, 2 to 3, it reads, You desire, but do not have. So you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want. So you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives. That you may spend what you get on your pleasures. Remember the paralyzed man that the friends brought to Jesus? The friends thinking that the, the guy, the paralyzed man, their paralyzed friend needed healing, physical healing. Little did they know that Jesus will attend to his greatest need, which is his salvation. His salvation. Sometimes when we pray to God, sometimes when we pray to God, and He answers our prayers, whether we know it or not. He answers it in a way that we didn't expect it or we didn't ask. Lord, I did not ask for Him. Why did you give Him to me? I wanted His brother. I wanted her sister. I wanted our best friend. Right? Sometimes God answers our prayer not in, not in the way that we imagined it or, or, or wanted it. But still guarantee you i guarantee you that god still answered or answers your prayer the point though is the problem is we don't trust him we think we know better than god we call him lord god the creator of the universe thank you for saving me i know when i die from this when i leave this body i know i will be with you in heaven for eternity. I know that and I'm grateful. But Lord, please answer my prayer in this manner. Because in this part, I know better. How ridiculous that a conversation that is, right? But most of us, we, we live our lives that way. For many of us here tonight, we hold on to the truth that we, that we want to, not to the truth of who God really is. We still treat God as a genie in the bottle. We still walk our Christian lives like baby Christians, only praying to Him when we want something, only going to Him when things are getting tough. And then when we get what we want, we stop coming to church. We stop praying. We even forgot to pray for, thank, for, for Thanksgiving. Other than not praying for what we need, when we get what we need, we don't even pray for Thanksgiving. We will have an entire Sunday to discuss more about prayer. So, but tonight we're going to move on with the focus on giving thanks. In verse 14, when he, when Jesus saw them, he told them, go and show yourselves to the priest. Again, in Matthew 8, Jesus touched a leper. 
Okay? And the leper was healed immediately. Here, in the verses that you read earlier in Luke 17, 11 to 19, here, Jesus just answered them back. He did not touch, touch them. He just yelled back and saying, Go and show yourselves to the priest. Because if he didn't know, that is the protocol. For a leper to claim that he is, he, he is clean, that he is healed, he needs to show himself to the priest. And the priest will be the one to examine the person if the leprosy is gone. And once that leprosy is gone, then he will give them a certificate of, 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 um, of healing. And they can go back to the society. That was, that was the protocol. That's why. But Jesus said, go and show yourselves to the priest. You know, sometimes Jesus, will, when, when Jesus healed a man, a blind man, he spat on the ground and took the dirt and put it on the, on the guy's, on the, on, on the man's eyes. Sometimes he, he had to touch him twice. If you read the scriptures of, of where Jesus healed people, there was not one way. There were different ways. I believe this is intentional so that we will not focus on the method rather than focusing on the person. I believe that this God did that purposely so that when we pray to God, we have to understand that God doesn't answer our prayers the same way as He will answer some other people's prayers. Because I've, I've been a pastor for four years now, and, and there are many times that I prayed for somebody to get healed. And the bad news is sometimes when I leave it, their, their sickness gets worse. I prayed for some people for healing, and by the time I get out, they, they say they're done, they're, they're healed. I pray for, 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 for people, people's needs. Sometimes their, their situation gets worse. Sometimes it gets better. Sometimes I pray for someone who's really walking ever so closely with the Lord, walking hand in hand with the Lord, but their condition, their physical healing is not getting better. Well, I pray with someone who's not walking ever so closely with God, but all his or her prayers are always getting answered. So what does that mean? What it means is God knows what He's doing. And at the end of the day, it is God who has the right to either answer yes, no, or later, or wait. In Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope in the future. If you look at the Bible, if you study your word, you will see that God's people, not all of their prayers for rescue were answered. Not all of their prayers for healing were answered. Not all of their prayers were answered the way they were requesting God to answer. But have the confidence of Meshach, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. When they stood against Nebuchadnezzar and said, King Nebuchadnezzar, we will not bow down to the statue that you have put in front of us. And, and if you throw us in the, uh, that fire, that furnace of fire, that furnace, we, God, our God will rescue us. But then the, bit, the best line there is when they said, but even if he doesn't, 
even if he doesn't, we will not bow down to your statue of gold. Have that confidence. Have that same confidence as those three guys. Let your let your let not your walk with the Lord be held hostage by him answering your prayers. By him giving you what you want all the time. Because that's a big difference. That you are treating God as a genie rather than him being the Lord. In Isaiah 53, 5 it reads, But he was pierced because of our transgressions, crushed because of our iniquities. Punishment for our peace was on him, and we are healed by his wounds. If you have been praying for something and hasn't been answered for the longest time, I have to tell you to remind I have to remind you, just like the paralyzed man, when Jesus attended to his first and greatest need, when he said, Son, your sins are forgiven. If you have surrendered your life to Christ, your sins have been forgiven. The greatest thing, your greatest need have been answered. When the disciples were talking about them healing and casting out demons from people, they were celebrating it and they were telling Jesus about it. Jesus told them, don't celebrate that you can cast out demons or heal people. Celebrate that your names are in the book of life. Folks, it's so hard. As, as, it's so difficult as Americans, right? As Americans living in this life, in this society, that always tells us that there's always a new car to buy, that there's always a new pair of shoes that you need to get, there's always a trip that you need to go to. It's a consumerism society. It's so difficult to battle that. And be thankful for just, and, and with all of that being flooded in your mind, and you're going to battle it with this, my name is in heaven. I understand. It's quite difficult. It's quite difficult to do, especially if you don't immerse yourself in the Word of God. If you don't spend enough time in praying. I was just typing this when, when we were singing. What is the average time of a person here in America that spends on social media? How much on an average? You know? Uh, per day. It's 135 minutes per day that a person spends on social media. 135 minutes per day. That's on the average. I'm pretty sure some, some of us have gone over that. How about watching Netflix? One of the streaming uh, services. It says here 10, week, 10 hours per week. 10 hours per week. That's an average of 2.8 hours a day that you're spending your time on TV. Folks, how much time do you spend with Jesus in prayer? How much time do you spend on the Word, reading His Word? How many times are freak, how frequent are you coming to church? The next part of verse 14 is this. And while they were going, they were cleansed. And while they were going, they were cleansed. The lepers cried out for Jesus to heal them physically. 
as they have been suffering for quite some time and they have been the rejects of that society. They have not been with their loved ones for a long time. And they heard about Jesus and, and the miracle that he's been doing about healing them. And they said, Jesus, have mercy on us. And Jesus told them, go and show yourselves to the priest. As they were going, they were cleansed. The point here is this. Sometimes when you hear God, Sometimes when you hear God speak to you, the only thing you need to do is obey. Some of you might not know the answer, so I might as well answer it for you. The only thing that you need to do once you hear God speak to you is obey. I can imagine a procrastinating Christian now, if this happened now, Jesus say, go and show yourselves to the priest. A procrastinating Christian now will say, what? Hey, listen, heal me first, then I'll go. Because that's a long walk. You know, from the, where they were to go to Jerusalem, which is the nearest place where the, there was a priest, that's quite a bit of a walk. So a procrastinating Christian now, a Christian now that is not totally committed to the Lord, will say that. No, 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 no. Heal me first, then I'll go. To apply it to you, God tells you to do something for him. And what do you say? No, 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 no. Heal my parents first, then I'll obey. Give me what I'm asking for first, then I'll be obedient to you. Save my children first, then I'll accept you. We set conditions for God instead of obeying Him, instead of doing it. As sinners, beforehand, before we accepted Christ, as sinners, we had no fellowship with God. We had no fellowship with God, but Jesus is always merciful. He hears the prayers of those who are needing help. And for some, right, it, it, it needs, what, more than the gospel? For you to share to them, you need to show your life on how God has changed you before they can accept Christ as their Lord. Because some of us, we, we just profess that we're Christians, but we don't live like it. To see the priest is what God instructed them to do. That is what is written in Deuteronomy 24.8. The priest is to issue a certificate of release from for them, if they have been examined and they have been proven that they are healed. At what point were the lepers healed? Do you know? They were not healed on the spot. But not until they started to walk towards Jerusalem. Which is, like I said earlier, a long walk. When they obeyed His command, when they began walking, that is when God healed them. They just obeyed. What is it that you are holding against God before you obey Him? Is it a promotion? Is it for your business to thrive before you obey Him? Is it for your health to improve before you obey Him? Is it a child 
that you're praying for salvation? Is it your parents' salvation before you obey Him? What is it that you are negotiating with God before you actually obey what you're hearing Him say to you time and time again? Tonight, folks, I pray that you hear the Lord say to you right now, start walking. Start obeying me. And then along the way, you will see me working. That is what happened to the lepers. They said, Jesus, have mercy on us. And he said, go present yourselves to the priests. They started walking. Imagine what's going on there. They're just talking amongst themselves. They go, dude, we're not even healed. And he's saying, go to the priest. It's a long walk. And then they see themselves like, oh, hey, I'm healed. Oh my gosh, it worked. I can see another guy there walking ever fast. Oh yeah, the faster I walk, the more of this thing go, is going away. Some guys were probably just perplexed, right? They were looking at it like, how in the world did that happen? I heard from the last story that he had to touch us. That one guy was touched by him. He just told us to walk and go to the priest. Now it, this is happening. How many of us have that testimony? Right? That we accepted Christ before our lives became better. Do we agree? I've heard my friends tell me, before I accept Jesus, before I become a Christian, I want to walk this life perfect first. They say, I'm not ready yet because I'm not perfect yet. So who of you, with the show of hands, who of you, who of you take a shower before going, before you take a shower? Because the point is this. They think they need to be clean before they go to God. So the, the application is, how many of us actually take a shower before we take a shower? It's self-defeating. How many of you first turned around, turned your life around before you accepted Christ? No, it's actually the other, the other way around. You accepted Christ first before your life changed. You obeyed what you heard, that Christ is paid for your sins. That a life with Him is better. You believed it, you did it, and then slowly but surely your life started changing. Verse 15 to 16, but one of them, seeing that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice gave glory to God. Nine lepers went to the priest. One came back and guess what happened? He became a priest, offering the sacrifice of thanksgiving to the Lord. While the one who returned had the same experience as the others. He had a different expression as a result of the experience. One commentary that I read said that it is the evidence to those who thought that the parable of the Good Samaritan that Jesus shared before this event was just a make-believe. Because Samaritans are not 
good people. Because as you see, as you see in verse 16, he says there, he fell face down at his feet, thanking him, and he was a Samaritan. A Samaritan at that time was the lowest, they, they saw Samaritans as, as low people, second-class citizens. They were half Jew and half Gentile. The Jewish people thought that they are so much better than them. Many chapters before this, if you look at Luke, if you read Luke, it will say there that Jesus gave the parable of the Good Samaritan. Now out of the ten, only one came back after seeing what was happening. There was only one that came back running to Jesus. Instead of running to the priest, and then he threw himself down at Jesus' feet and saying, Thank you. How many of you have actually given your testimony to share to the church on how God has helped you, on how God has turned your life after you accepted Christ? I praise God for the people that come up here. Some have given their testimonies. Whenever something happens in their life that is worth sharing, they're more than willing. To thank God in front of people. Why? Because there's a purpose there. Because it encourages other people who are probably going through the same struggle as they went through. And if they were saved from that trouble, if their marriage was, was restored because of what happened to their, to their marriage on how God helped them, maybe my marriage will be helped by the Lord too. If their prayers were answered for their financial need, maybe my financial needs will be responded by God too. So on and so forth. But our church, our church, I love all of you. You are dear to me. You are. But you are not letting the Holy Spirit move through you because of your shyness. <laughs> I get it. We're created that way. <laughs> but how about the verse, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Is that only for us who work out? Is that for benching? I can do all things through Christ. <laughs> I know it's a verse. I know it's a verse for, satis for, for contentment. But you can also look at that verse where Christ will help you speak in front of people to give Him glory for answering your prayer. For helping you. Verse 17 to 19. Then Jesus said, We're not ten cleansed. Where are the nine? Didn't any return to give glory to God except this foreigner? Have you been saved? Has God answered your prayers? Have has God responded to your needs? How come there's only always the same people giving testimonies to you in this church? Have you, have you testified? Have you shared to people? Have you shared to your friends, to your family, oh, how good God has been to you? Oh, pastor, he, they don't care. They don't care about my Christianity. Then over here, we care. Nobody's fighting for it, you know? 
I don't get that. Uh, I don't. That's one church drama I don't get. Who gets to do the testimony for the Sunday? <laughs> that's the one testimony. That's the one drama. One less drama for me. Jesus's words. Notice this. There's a sense of sadness, right? There's a sense of sadness and surprise here. The nine Jewish lepers who had been healed and they'd been cleansed went away holding their blessings to themselves. They were clutching it. Only the Samaritan returned. And Jesus rewarded him with the healing that is beyond physical. The power of God cleansed him inwardly from the stain of sin. Because the word in verse 19, it says, And he told them, Get up and go on your way. Your faith has saved you. Some versions have healed you. But if you look at the original text, it's about getting saved. Salvation. So not only did he have his, his, his leprosy healed and cleansed so that he can go back to his family, to his wife, that he has missed to touch his children, to kiss and to hug. Not only is he able to do that, but now, at this point, because he took the time to go back to God, to go back to Jesus and say, thank you for healing me. Thank you for doing this for me. He had his soul saved as well. Notice Jesus' sadness there. Out of the ten lepers, only one was made whole. Only one gave thanks. I know Thanksgiving is coming around, is around the corner. And I know everybody's going to be sentimental around your table, right? There's going to be an annoying relative, I'm sure. <laughs> that, make sure that's not you anymore. <laughs> um, I know it's going to go around and you're going to say, what are you grateful for? Hopefully, you will have the boldness to say, I am grateful for God that saved me for eternity. Verse 16, all those who truly respected the Lord. This is Malachi 3.16. All those who truly respected the Lord and honored His name started discussing these things. And when God saw what was happening, He had their names written as a reminder in his book. Jesus notices those who come back to him and say thank you. Jesus hears. God hears all our conversations, our secret conversations. Jesus knows the depths of our heart. Jesus knows the intentions of our actions. And he keeps a record of them. You know, baby books... Everybody had a baby book, right? For those, for, well, here in America. In the Philippines, we're just happy to feed our baby, much more to give them a, a baby book. <laughs> Parents who have baby books, they record their child's first steps. I'm pretty sure Shamin and, 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 and Jamie and them are doing it. They record their child's first steps, first words, and their growth. So too does the Lord, as, as Malachi 3.16. If you have time tonight, Go read it. The Lord keeps records on that book. I hope that you will find volumes of your book thanking God. I said volumes. 
okay? Not just a pamphlet, <laughs> but volumes, volumes of you thanking Him and glorifying Him on how you've grown because God remembers them. Do you remember this? Luke 7, 36 to 46. I'm going to, you have 44 to 36 here. So I'll read from there. He turned toward the woman and said to Simon, this is when Jesus entered the Pharisee. Simon the Pharisee invited Jesus to have dinner at his house. And then a prostitute heard that Jesus was there. So the prostitute went in, started washing Jesus' feet, wiped it with her hair, and poured perfume on his head. And Simon, on verse 43, he reads, Simon answered, because Jesus asked him, let's go to, if you have your Bibles, go to verse 40. Then Jesus said to the Pharisees, Simon, I have something to say to you. Teacher, what is it? Simon replied, verse 41. Jesus told him, two people were in debt to a money lender. One of them owed him 500 silver coins and the other owed him 50. Since neither of them could pay him back, the moneylender said that they didn't have to pay him anything. Which one of them will you like will like him more? Verse 43, Simon answered, I suppose it would be the one who had owed more and didn't have to pay it back. You are right, Jesus said. Now verse 44, he reads here, He turned toward the woman and said to Simon, Have you noticed this woman? When I came into your home, you didn't give me any water so I could wash my feet. But she washed my feet with her tears and dried them with her hair. You didn't greet me with a kiss. But from the time I came in, she has not stopped kissing my feet. You didn't even pour olive oil on my head, but she has poured expensive perfume on my feet. Because it was customary before. That if you invite somebody, you will kiss your guests. You will offer them water to wash their feet. That was customary. And you will offer them a perfume so that they could pour on their heads. So they would smell good from the travel. But Simon didn't do that. Because Simon the Pharisee was skeptic of who Jesus is. But here's the woman, a woman, a prostitute. Knowingly, she knew what kind of a sinner, of how great a sinner she is. And she believed and she heard of the stories of Jesus on how he was forgiving people in their sins. And she did all of this and Jesus noticed and, and up to now we're studying it and we're reading about it. When a, G, when a prostitute began to wash Jesus' feet with her tears and dry them with her hair, Jesus said to the host, When I came into your home, he didn't greet me with a kiss or wash my feet. Which means that Jesus not only notices what people do for him, but he also notices what people fail to do for him. Jesus doesn't only notice what we do for him, Jesus also notices what we don't do for him. How many blessings has the Lord given to you how many blessings have you received from the Lord just today without you even pausing to say thank you thank you Lord 
I almost entitled this message, Thank You, Next. But when I started reading the, the, the lyrics, it was about somebody breaking up with their ex and they saying, with, thank you, next, like with you know, confidence that I can move on. I'm not going to die that, uh, not, that now that I don't have you. So I figured, okay, that'll be a bad title. But somehow, somehow, that is our attitude towards God, folks. Lord, please help me. Today, it's Monday. I hate working. I hate my coworkers. Please help me not kill anybody at work. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. You come home and, and then nothing. The rest of the day, nothing. And then the next day, you go, thank you. Next. Thank you. Next, Lord. This is what I need now. It's always about a need. We are always going to be in need. And God always wants us to reach out to Him. God always wants us to ask. It's true. But we need to be thanking Him. In closing, Psalm 9.1. I will give thanks and praise the Lord with all my heart. I will tell aloud all your wonders and marvelous deeds. Thanksgiving should always followed should always follow an answered prayer. An answered prayer is always followed by thanksgiving. Just as the mist of the earth's gratitude, when it rises, when the sun of he the sun of the heaven of the heavens love warms the ground, and you know you know that that moment where that the, the mist will go up, evaporate, water will evaporate. That's the, for me when I when I see that it's like it's like the earth thinking like oh gosh I've been wet all day long, thank you for drying me up now. It's like the fruit. I'm, I'm telling you what I. This just shows you that I don't do much because I I look at my backyard and I see these things happen when the sun rises that 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 evaporation happens and then I see our fruit our the fruit trees when the fruit falls on the ground. It falls on the ground, the fertile, the fertile soil, fertile soil. The fruit falls into it. And that's, that's how when we thank God, the fruits that we, that we produce is from Him. And it's just right that it falls to Him. That we say, Lord, thank you for allowing me to be a blessing to others. Thank you for blessing me so I can be a blessing to other people. But how many times do we forget to thank Him? Do you know that that is a sin of ingratitude? Ingratitude is so offensive. There is this story. I'm going to end with this story. I know I'm past 45 minutes. There is this story of a sailor who just got home in his country. And then he saw some young boys playing in the pier. And one of them what looked like he was drowning and none of his friends saw it and noticed it so the sailor guy jumped in the water saved the young boy he took him and then he asked him where do you live because the, guy, the kid almost drowned so he took him he took him home the parents weren't home and he just said you know what i'm just happy you're home take care of yourself tell your parents there's no need to thank me he went home the next day the parents were looking for the sailor Word got around that the sailor saved the boy. So they were asking, 
And he heard it that, oh, these guys are looking for you. So he's like, ah, oh, you know what? This is what he was thinking. And they're going to thank me. I'm going to tell them there's no need. There's no need for gifts. Nothing. The parents got there. And they're like, are you the guy that saved our son? He goes, yes, yes. There's no need for thank you. I, it was my honor. It was my pleasure. And they go, no, no, no. We're not here to thank you. And he's like, what do you need? What'd you come here for? They go, where's my, my son's hat? We got that for his birthday and we want it back. Where's his hat? We can all say what kind of people are those parents, right? But sometimes we act that way to God. We ask for prayers. He answers our prayers. But then all we can think of is the next thing that we need from Him. Or that one other prayer that He hasn't responded to. We treat Him as a genie, not the living God. He is our slave, not our Lord. I hope and pray that our lives, as we mature in our faith, will be aware to thank Him time and time again. Let's close in prayer. Father, we thank You for Your message for us tonight. We thank You for the reminder that we need to be grateful to You for your mercy, for your love, for your faithfulness. Forgive us for the many times that we have forgotten to thank you. Forgive us for the many times that we have, where we have made our relationship to you as just a one-way relationship of us getting things from you. Forgive us, Father. We thank you for a new day. We thank you for your grace and your mercy that is new every morning. We thank you for the forgiveness of our sins. Father, I pray that we will live our lives glorifying you. I pray that we will live our lives magnifying you. I pray that we will live our lives grateful to your mercy. We love you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray.